Lay down those funky beats. I was really expecting Hop to jump in with something, but man. No you kidding. guys were doing so good. You, you were doing so good. I didn't want to. I was expecting a riff or something. <laughs> the absence <laughs> of instrument of noise is an instrument of its own. Fact. Yeah, yeah. All right, welcome to the Adult Gamer <laughs> Community Podcast. I am Mellified, and I'm joined in hosting duties today by the esteemed Fenrir765 and the man who knows it's not the best choice, it's Spacer's choice. It's Hoptimus. And our community guest tonight is Are You Dead? Fenrir, how are you doing tonight? I am beautiful tonight. Wonderful, wonderful. You survived uh, Daylight Savings twenty or yeah, 2019. You know, between my dog and my daughter, yes, I have survived, but <laughs> we're doing well, so I can't complain. Fair enough. Hop, how about you, sir? You don't have to deal with uh, the joys of daylight savings in Arizona, I know. Well, yes and no. There's We don't have to deal with it here, but now I have to remember, oh, shit, New York's only two hours ahead of me, not three <laughs> hours ahead of me, but California's now an hour behind me, and, you know, so it... It wrecks havoc a little bit, but not like you guys. I didn't lose an hour of sleep like a lot, like a lot of people or more. Yeah, yeah, it certainly has its uh, <laughs> after the first it's day, wonderful, you don't even wonderful notice qualities. It yeah, mostly. Mostly. Dead. How are you tonight? I'm doing super duper. Awesome. Well, we have a jam-packed show tonight. Um, this is the longest show notes I think we've had in a while. So. Let's get right to it. Fenrir, hey, uh, BlizzCon was last weekend, and they announced some stuff, right? Blizzard uh, has a new game. They announced quite a few things. Uh, They announced uh, Overwatch 2, and the only game that I really care about, they Overwatch, besides Overwatch 2, would be Diablo 4, and that... (laughs) Is kind of interesting because last year at BlizzCon, they everybody thought Diablo 4 was going to be dropped, and then they drop a mobile announcement for Diablo Immortal, and then there wasn't much conversation about that this year. But BlizzCon had to be big this year, considering all the crap Blizzard's been going through for the last few weeks of their own will. But Diablo 4 is coming. The story trailer looked cool. I, I think that it's going to be kind of a cool story and kind of interesting what goes on with it but the gameplay just wasn't really getting me excited it just seemed very i don't know the same which is weird because borderlands 3 was the same as borderlands 2 but i loved it but i don't know it just didn't wasn't blowing smoke up my skirt if you will so not sure that's the thing but yeah. i don't know <laughs> just making stuff up <laughs> I know I'm with you. I mean, it didn't. It didn't look terrible. I'm. I'm not sure. You know, I think we'll see as they add the character classes and announce. Uh, you know, some more. Uh, what you'll be doing? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, the one of the cool things I saw in the gameplay trailer that I thought was interesting was how, like, the barbarian could jump across gaps, like cliffs and crevices and things, rather than having to run around it, so they could actually use the land as more tactical if you will but i don't know 
as a, more information comes out, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'll get it at some point because who doesn't love a good Diablo uh, top-down looter RPG? So we'll see. I like when the monsters explode when yes. you hit them and there's blood everywhere. Um, I have a story that I can't believe we didn't talk about last time. But the reason we didn't is because I'm pretty sure it all has happened in the last week and a half. Uh, and that is the Fallout 76 Fallout oh, first man. debacle. Oh, that um, is a PU. Oh. <laughs> well, can we officially agree that we need to call it a debacle? I, I, I hesitate to use that word because it's kind of overloaded, but this seems to qualify. It's, I mean, debacle is probably nice. I was going to call it a shitstorm, but whatever you want to call <laughs> what, it is fine. for you. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, I, I mean, as if the awful launch for this game wasn't bad enough, they had, you know, the collector's edition didn't come with the canvas bag people were promised. They had to recall one of their power armor masks from GameStops because the uh, air tubes could get mold in them and it would cause people to get really sick. Um, they've been promising a big update to the game that would add in, like actual NPCs to talk to rather than just robots. And computers, and there's going to be a bunch more stuff to do, and that keeps getting delayed. But in the midst of all this, Bethesda decided, hey guys, let's release a $100 a year subscription, or $13 a month, um, for Fallout 76. And this gets you some unique power, or some unique armor, some emotes, some extra storage, some of their in-game currency, and allegedly a private server. And I, I say that very deliberately because... It turns out that I can't. I can't believe this. The storage, uh, extra storage that you get, was eating the stuff that people put in it. Hmm. And then, yeah. And then the private servers. It turns out aren't quite so private. Um, Anybody on your friends list could join your server. And because of the way that the grouping in the game worked, people tended to have a lot of people on their friends list that maybe were acquaintances or kind of friends of friends or just people they enjoyed playing with. So all those people could join your server. And in some cases, apparently it, it seemed like at least uh, the world that you got had already been, been used. It wasn't uh, private. It was recycled from the public servers. Uh, and then to put the, the cherry on the icing of this shit cake, um, your private server Fen, if you and I were playing and and it's my server, when I log off, the server shuts down and you get kicked out. That seems right. Yeah. So, gosh, I I really want to like this game. I really hoped that they would be able to kind of pull an Ubisoft and pull it around and, and make it into something fantastic, but it just does not seem like they're they're going in the right direction with this one. Well, that's not all. They also forgot to reserve the domain for uh, Fallout First, whatever they called it. Oh, that was, that's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. that's right. That's right. Somebody else created it, and they made a spoof website of that. <laughs> yeah, they took a lot of pot shots at them, too. Mm-hmm. And they did it all with Fallout Flare, which is awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, uh, uh, more to come, I guess. I'm still hoping... I mean, I'm hoping they'll fix all these bugs. They seem to be saying that they will. Um... And, you know, when this new patch comes out, I actually had kind of planned to go back to the game and give it another try. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But speaking of Ubisoft, Optimus, uh, I gather they've made a pretty big announcement. Yeah, this is, if you're, we've talked about this in the show, like, 
moving forward, it'd be nice to not have to worry about what console your friends on or what system you have the game on. Ubisoft said uh, they're going to be adding crossplay into all the P PvP games they have. So, um, and that's going forward. Um, but they're going to start to implement it um, into Siege, For Honor, um, and uh, a few other games. Rainbow Six Quarantine was announced to have it. I guess that's a follow-up to Siege, but they haven't released any details on that at all. And it was just delayed, too. Yeah, so... Um, but that's cool, because, I mean, it would be nice to play Siege with some of the people. Well, not like I know anybody playing it on PS4, but in case I know somebody, then I can. <laughs> well, one of the things... This, this, is a huge, this is a really smart play by developers, because multiplayer games live and die... By their by the population, base, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you can make that bigger for for basically for free or or nearly free, like why not? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I think going forward, the more companies that do this, the more companies are going to feel like, well, we need to do this to keep our game going. And uh, so yep. far, Activision's done it with the new Call of Duty. Ubisoft's jumping on board. Fortnite already does it. There's a whole slew of games that are doing. Two out of the four, or three out of the four, if we count the Switch as a multiplayer platform that depends on who you are. Um, really, the big multiplayer platforms: PC, Xbox, and PS4. No, no knock on the Switch. It's just that it's just the crossplay. There's not as many games that have crossplay because the Switch doesn't have as many of those games that can run on it from its bigger uh, cousins out there. Yeah, yeah, and there, there's a handful, but yeah. Right, but I just mean like, yeah, it's just the, the Switch hardware itself can't keep up. Yep, yep. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this. I know uh, Blizzard did say Overwatch 2 would be cross-platform, including the Switch, which was pretty interesting. Hmm. So I, I fully expect in the over the next couple of years this will just kind of become the standard, uh, as it should be in my opinion. That'll be nice when it does. Yeah, right. It'll be nice or, and interesting if Destiny will eventually get there. I think they they laid the groundwork for that, and that will be cool. Although, well, we'll talk about that when we get to my playlist. <laughs> well, Dad, you have some news as well, I understand. Uh, it's rumored that Dragon Age 4 is uh, going to be coming out. Or they're going to... Well, not coming out, but they're, it's coming soon, whatever that means. Uh, it it kind of starts back from a December 2018. Bi uh, Bioware released a teaser trailer, of which people assume is the Dragon Age 4. And they made an a, a actual a tweet back a few days ago on uh, November 3rd, saying that, uh, kind of hinting at that there's going to be some uh, possibly a new trailer for Dragon Age to celebrate the 10th anniversary of, or 10 years of Dragon Age is the way they said it. So it, it's interesting to see if we'll actually see a trailer in December of this year. Question is, when will we actually see the game? It's, it might not come out until, what, 2022? And there, there's a lot riding on this for them because uh, after the Anthem debacle, they're, they're looking to kind of make a comeback with some decent game. Well, and, and Mass Effect Andromeda. And, yes, that, that one too. Yeah. So they, they've so. had a couple of bad releases, so they, they really got to knock this out of the park. Otherwise... Who knows? Yeah, well, and the, and the game that I've been playing uh, last couple episodes, Greedfall, really reminds me of a Dragon Age. If you're you're jonesing for for that kind of experience, um, I would give that a look. 
really a fun fun RPG. I'll have to take a look one day if I get a chance. All right. Well, moving on to some new game releases. Um, this isn't actually a game, uh, but Microsoft released the new Xbox One Elite 2 controller on Xbox and PC this week. Um, man, there's a long list of improvements. I, I, I got one. I've been using it a little bit here today. Um, rather than going through kind of a list of features, I'm going to pick cherry because people can go look that up online. I'll, I'll cherry pick a couple things here. Um, one of the neat things for me is the older Elite allowed you to reassign buttons, but you still only had a b x y you know left shoulder button right shoulder button things like that there were no new buttons that you could no new functions so it was really just moving stuff around and the the elite 2 really does something interesting so not only can you assign voice what were traditionally voice commands to buttons so things like open my friends list um, take a screenshot can be a button you can assign a button or a paddle or a shoulder button or clicking in a stick or whatever to be a shift button and so as long as you've got it held down you can assign a secondary function to any other button on the controller so now all of a sudden you could have you know uh, a quick way to open up your friends list to uh, low, raise and lower the TV volume even were some of the some of the options if you've got your Xbox controlling your TV so um, really the first chance to, to add some really uh, new functionality to the controller, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and there's a lot of other neat things about it, but that, that was the one that stood out to me so far. And it, it, I mean, like the previous Elite, it feels wonderful in the hand, plays just like so comfortably. Um, I really, really enjoy using it. So, um, yeah, so check that out if you get a chance. Uh, Dead you have uh, another release coming up this month. I've been uh, really excited about this for a few weeks now. The new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's looking really good. I mean, it, it it plays like the Star Wars games that we've always wanted for so long. Basically, it takes uh, takes place after Order 66 is the way I, I've heard, or it seems to be. And uh, basically, you're playing like a Jedi that's still out there. He's not in any of the Star Wars movies or any of the other canon as far as i know so it's a new character but, and you're basically but it trying is to survive and... canon all the new star wars stuff going forward is part of their canon so it it is canon in the universe Th that's true it's canon in the universe but it's it's not anything that but we've it's, seen a new story, right. it's a new it's story right it's a new story it's a new character it's somebody that we haven't seen in a previous uh, video game is what i meant by that and basically yeah. it it sounds like it's going to be like a dark souls uh, titanfall 2 and few other great games. I, I mean, I've seen some of the video where they're while team. running. And... Yeah, it's a respawn team that did Titanfall 2. I mean, it looks really good from the trailer I've seen. So I, yeah. I'm kind of hoping. It, I've got that, uh, that it comes out on 11.15, and I've got that Friday off, so I might stay up late that Halo night, then jump on and play for a few hours before going to sleep that night. Yeah, well, and I, I was excited because this is only a single-player game, correct? Yes. yes, as far as I've seen. So yes. they've they've focused on making it a great single player game, which it would will be fantastic. Hopefully, I'm hoping it's a great story as well. It's one of the best thing about the Star Wars games. If I don't know, it's great storytelling, which it's kind of been lacking from the Star Wars franchise. 
for a while, in games at least. Well, under EA, they've only made two Star Wars games in the past five, six years. I mean, when LucasArts did the games, there was a new Star Wars game like every year. I mean, single-player, yeah. multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, ever since EA got the license, all they've done is Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's Battlefront it. didn't. It was just multiplayer, and then Battlefront. Right, there two. wasn't even a campaign in the first Battlefront. Right. So, but this I, is their first like story-focused game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm waiting to see more. I will probably wait for a sale because it's single-player only, and those always go on sale. And that's my same approach. Money is going to be the driving force on this one with everything else going on. So. I pre-ordered it like six months ago, so... I'm going to call it right now and say that EA's next game is going to be Masters of Terras Kasi 2. Hey, if they get the um, Soul Calibur or Samurai Showdown team to do it, I'm in. (laughs) For those who don't remember, uh, (laughs) LucasArts did a uh, Star Wars fighting game called Masters of Terras Kasi for the original PlayStation. Right, was... that was at the height of the fighting game craze. Every There was a fighting game for everything. There was Ninja yep. Turtle fighting games, Star Wars yep. fighting games, Batman fighting games. I mean, there was, uh, you know, a zillion yeah. fighting games. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing that wasn't on... Um, I meant to put this on the real quick as a news story. Uh, there was a story that broke out today that said... Um, Super Smash Brothers, the latest release, is now the number one selling fighting game, beating the original Street Fighter 2 in its heyday, which is crazy to me. I mean, it's awesome. Good for them. I just, I could never get into Smash Brothers, but um, that's really cool, and I wish them all the best. Are they talking franchise, or just the actual Ultimate version? I... I was a little unclear on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I think they might mean franchise overall. But okay. we'll see. Uh, still, it's, I mean, it's good for Nintendo. I mean, it's there's not much going on in the fighting game landscape. It's a pretty dead genre. I mean, Capcom is not doing well with Street Fighter V. They, they hose that. Um, the new Samurai Showdown's good. It's on sale this week if you have an Xbox One. It's half off. You should grab it if you like those. If you liked... The original Samurai Showdowns, and you really liked Street Fighter 4, you would really like the new Samurai Showdown. It yep. look, it plays like the old Samurai Showdowns, but it looks like Street Fighter 4. So it's 3D graphics on a 2D plane, really well animated, classic gameplay, great stuff going on in that game. All right. Uh, now I sidelined <laughs> this enough. You got another story here. Uh, yeah, this was one that caught my eye, kind of, I think, because I've been playing Outer World. Um I was talking to some friends who are big PC gamers, and they were mentioning this game called Disco Elysium, which is a role-playing game for that's out for PC now. And it's all about player choice. Um, you can branch the story in hundreds of different ways, apparently. And so I saw the news that it's coming to Xbox early 2020 and PlayStation later in 2020. Um, and I, I grabbed this, I was trying to find like a nice summary of the game and, uh, I'm just going to read real quick this critical hit review, um, because I think it captures why this game is so interesting to me. Um, 
the author says, above and beyond the excellent writing and unique role-playing aspects, what Disco Elysium achieves above everything else is a sense of freedom. Solving a case or a puzzle feels authentic to the character as you're forced to approach things based on strength, empathy, or intelligence. It's the first RPG in a long time that's truly elicited a feeling of embodiment of conscious transference, as I mentioned earlier. Look, it's definitely not for everyone. It's game made for the patient in mind, giving players... Uh, back as much as they put in. I suppose we said about any game, but what Disco Elysium offers back is truly resplendent experience that few other games have ever captured. It's a unique mastery of role-playing game that I think we'll still be discussing for many years to come. So I'm really excited about this, especially coming off of Outer Worlds, which really uh, had some fun choices, and we'll be talking more about that game later. But this is one I think to look forward to and kind of keep your eye out for. Um, and with a name like Disco Elysium, hopefully it'll it'll uh, stick in the memory. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hop, do you want to uh, take us to our next segment? Yeah, um, as you know, the podcast is a part of our tag community, and part of our tag community um, needs some money to make these things go. So if you're part of our tag community and you're buying your video game stuff or anything on the great giant site Amazon, drop a link in our Discord and you'll get an affiliate. Every time you use an affiliate link, the tag community gets a little kickback and that helps us provide the services of the podcast and the ability for the community to grow and provide things like our Minecraft server and other fun stuff for tag. So thank you for your support. Buy from our Amazon affiliate links and give us a little kickback. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take over the show now and bring us back to my mailbag. Oh, no. That's right. I have a question. It's been a while, but now my mailbag has more questions. So this question comes from our friend of the show who's been on uh, Duke DeDoom, and he asks a very personal question. And what he asks is, "What? who is on your punch in the face list. (laughs) (laughs) I think this stemmed from a halo night discussion. (laughs) So I, I told Duke, I said, you know, for legality reasons, we should probably put a video game twist on this. So take a moment and think of anybody in, in our character from a video game that you instantly put on your punch in the face list. Clap trap. I'm so. going with Claptrap. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you first introduce him in the first game. He's All just right. the most annoying character. I mean, I think I walked up to him and like, tried to beat him up once, and <laughs> you just can't. And eventually, he becomes General Claptrap. The Crimson yeah. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, wow. Or it, and you're his I think this is a self-promotion type deal. Um, I mean, if we're going to go video game, trying to think of something that drives me crazy, uh, Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Battlefront 2. <laughs> so OP, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, okay, I so mine, I, mine is a little bit of an obscure Xbox game called Enchanted Arms. It was published uh by from software back in the day and there is a character in it 
that in the U.S. voice, you know, the, if you use the American voices, is played as the most mincing, over-the-top, flamboyantly gay person. And the voice acting is just cringeworthy and like nails on a chalkboard. So I played through the whole game in Japanese just so I didn't have to hear his voice. Um, so yeah, that, that one's a little off the, off the path, but... Hmm. Wow, interesting. Yes. Strangely uh, for me, I'm drawing a huge blank. I had the name, and then you guys started talking, and I got distracted. But most recently, I'd have to say the twins from Borderlands 3. Like, I just... Oh, yeah, they're both... Oh, I yeah. would say... Um, <clears throat> like, they fit that role where yeah. perfectly, and I just wanted to... I, I wanted to punch them in the face every time yeah. they started talking. Well, you get so. to punch them in the face if you want to True. <laughs> later on. But uh, the the yeah, that was pretty big deal for me. But um, another thing that I always wanted to kind of punch in the face was uh, nope, I can't remember it anymore. It's like. It's just one of those thoughts that keeps fleeting me. So I'm just going to call that the end of the mailbag segment for today. Um, thanks, Duke to Doom, for sending that in to, a, to me. And I have one for next week already ready to go. Can't wait to share that one. And But anybody else that has a quick question for us, please let me know. And I will ask our hosts and get them on the spot with a random question. So, are you dead? What have you been playing lately? Well, like everybody else in the Tay community, I have uh, been playing Outer Worlds and actually just finished my uh, first playthrough earlier in the week. Congratulations. I, I know. I, I think I went through every mission and side quest that I could find. It was like over 20 hours just to finish it. But it, it was great playing the entire time. Outside of that, I've been playing Star Wars uh, Battlefield 2, like we mentioned earlier. Just trying to get myself ready for... Uh, the new Star Wars game that's coming out in a couple weeks. And I also returned to one of my uh, one of the games I got for the PlayStation, uh, Spider-Man for PS4, which is fantastic. I heard that was really played. good. Right, I heard that was super good. <laughs> I'm on, actually on my second playthrough on that. Uh, just started a new game plus a few days ago, and I forgot how amazing it is just to swing through New York City, running around stopping crime and doing what uh, obvious trivial things in the game can just be exciting, I guess, still even though I played the game years ago. And the last game I've been playing is just Clash of Clans, just on occasion as I have time. It's a nice game you can pick up on your... It's a mobile game, and it's free to play, and you just pick it up on your phone and play from pretty much anywhere. So if you're out and about, it's kind of nice. You can pick it up for a couple minutes here and there. Well, two, three minutes here and there. <laughs> you're going to have to explain Clash of Clans to me, because I have it. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Clash of Clans is a well. They've got like two modes now, but the traditional Clash of Clans is you build this uh, castle and uh, basically you go and raid other villages and uh, steal their loot. Uh, basically, they've got three resources: you've got gold, you've got uh, elixir, and there's dark elixir. Eventually, you get dark elixir. That is, you don't get it right away, and you can use those to build uh, different buildings, upgrade your troops. And stuff like that. Eventually, you get uh, heroes. I think around town, town Hall Seven. And as you level up your town hall, town hall, you can actually upgrade your troops even higher levels. And it, it could take years to actually uh, upgrade your castle to max. And 
almost a max tunnel 12 myself. But then a few years ago, they introduced a night mode as well that gives you additional stuff to work on. Which gives the game more replay, I guess, if that's into you. I know a lot of people that only play that mode and there's some that never touch it, so it's not for everybody. But it's kind of nice that you can... Yeah, you get a, just a second village you can upgrade and it kind of affects your main village as well. As you get your certain buildings to certain levels, you can actually upgrade your de uh, defenses to the night mode version. So yeah, your mortars can have like a multi-mortar or double cannon and stuff like that. And you can actually alter one of your archer towers as well. Hmm. So you can have one that shoots real, uh, a lot faster, but it's also shorter, so you get a shorter range. So it's kind of a trade-off type of deal. Interesting. Yeah, but it's it's a little bit more of a strategy game. You want to make sure you get the right troops, and you can join clan wars if you want to. Uh, they've got different events going on randomly throughout the t month. They might have. Uh, they just had one where you just use dragons, I guess, hmm. to attack villages, and you get uh, if you use certain troops, you don't have to use them all together, but you get the they give you some stuff free, such as a shovel for moving stuff around or training potions. So you can train your troops faster for an hour and other cool stuff. All right. The game's been out for years, and it's it's one of the few mobile games I still go back to every once in a while, and five years later and going. <laughs> well, it's certainly good value for the money, I guess, at that point. Yes, you, you can spend a lot. It's like any mobile game, you can spend a lot of money, in, and I probably have spent way too much money. I do, I'm almost ashamed to see how much I spent on the game, <laughs> just a little bit here and there. But for how much... How many hours I spent playing it, and how many years? It's probably worth it. Awesome, Hop. Uh, what about you, sir? What have you? Uh, uh, I also binged on Outer Worlds. Finished uh, playthrough. I'll probably go back for a second round. We'll get into more of that later. Um, I got sucked back into Destiny Two. I blame this on Duke and Sithy. Um, <laughs> They, you know, I, I had paid for it when it first came out with the first two expansions, and they've got a new expansion, which I haven't bought yet. I'm hoping it goes on sale. But I, I was like, figured, I'll, okay, I'll play it. I'll see what's up. And I, I enjoyed the PvP. I just got kind of burned out on the game itself. But they've done a lot of new changes, and there's new guns. The way they retooled the um, weapons is more like Destiny 1, which I don't really care either way. I kind of liked the set guns they had in Destiny 2, but I guess a lot of the old-time fans liked the random rolls. Um, but I've just been having a ton of fun playing PvP with uh, Sith and Goo, a Duke, a couple of... Uh, Are You Dead joined us for some? It's it's fun. It's... it's You know, there's not much for me, PvP-wise, going on other than that and uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, everybody left Black Ops 4 for the new Modern Warfare, which I probably won't be picking up anytime soon. And uh, so, yeah. So I'm having a lot of fun with Destiny 2 again. I'm playing a little bit of Siege here and there. I've also been playing my Sega Genesis Mini. I started a playthrough of Beyond Oasis, which is a uh, almost Zelda-like, but maybe more a Secret of Mana-like RPG that was directed and created by Yuzo Koshiro, who was a uh, musician that worked for Sega, did the music for Revenge of Shinobi, Streets of Rage 1 through 3, and Ease 1 and 2. Um, but he directed two games, or more than two, but two, two that he's famous for is Beyond Oasis and uh, Legend of Oasis, which was later done on the Saturn. 
So I've been playing through that. And it's nice because you can have a save state. The game had a save function like the old Zelda, like a battery backup save. But on the Genesis Mini, you can save anywhere. And that makes <laughs> that makes that kind of gaming a lot more um, fun. What about you, Finn? What you been playing? Outer Worlds as well, but I am not finished. I, uh, Boo. I know. Boo. I explore everything all the time. So it takes me a while to get through things. Um, I have also been trying to play with uh, Borderlands 3. They have the Halloween event going on right now through December. so Or through the month of November, rather. And I'm trying to kind of knock that out a little bit. It's interesting. It's a little bit different. It kind of changes the, some of the things that happen in the world. So it's kind of cool. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh, I think I'm about halfway through. And I'm loving it so far. Ooh, we'll have to have a discussion on that sometime. Yeah. Uh, I'm having some issues with some crashes every now and then, which kind of annoy me. Cause I, That's weird. I never had any of that when I played. Yeah, it just it pops up. I mean, I'll be probably put about 30 minutes in between save rooms because I'm just kind of randomly looking around for things and all of a sudden it crashes and then I don't feel like going back to it for a day or two. So Yeah, I never, I never had that happen. Yeah, so, uh, but I'm I'm working on it. I think I have about fifty percent of the map uncovered, and I can't honestly tell you which boss I last finished. <laughs> but um, it's fun. I really like it. It's definitely th- everything you made it out to be when it first came out. I love that. I'm just the only reason I'm not playing it right now is I'm trying to hold out for if you kickstarted the game they're gonna, and I don't maybe everybody else gets this too they're going to add uh, another playable character who's a character you meet in the game but they're adding this character as a playable character and yeah. I, I want to do another playthrough with that character yes yeah, so that'd be cool I, I I would like to see what that how that would change the gameplay maybe right but it might change the whole story I don't know it makes me think of like Mega Man when you could play as uh gosh dang it uh Photon uh no oh yeah yeah Proto Man Proto Man that's it <laughs> yeah. wasn't hey. that Mega Man Proto Man yeah uh I've also been uh every now and then when I'm just kind of feeling like a change of pace of everything I've I'll, I'll boot up Gears Five and I'll play some Escape or Horde I really do enjoy the Escape mode it's been fun I try to at least get on every week to play the new map that they release because. It's just a different way of playing the game, and I've been enjoying it. So that's my playlist. Very cool. Well, uh, I also also finished uh, Outer Worlds. Quite enjoyed that, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, after finishing that, I was kind of trying to figure out what to play next, and I decided to finally pick up We Happy Few, which was the um, kind of Bioshock-esque first-person exploration game with a little bit of combat uh now fen i know you played a fair bit of it as well mm-hmm. yeah. um it's, i'm good i was just say it's it's really interesting and it has a really cool aesthetic and i'm intrigued by it in the world but i just i don't know i got well not burned out but it just kind of i don't know i just didn't have the energy to keep going through the game for some reason it is very bleak like, it is a dark, dark game, and I find it a little depressing to play. Um, so I'm kind of taking in short, short bursts. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll... You I really want to finish it. You mean it's not happy? 
Strangely not. No. It's, if you don't take your joy. <laughs> yeah. How could you yeah, be there's happy a scene. If you're not happy. Well, there's a scene right in the beginning where you, your character doesn't take his joy, which is the happy pills that everybody's on in the town. And the pinata he realizes is a dead rat. And everybody's like pulling candy out of the pinata, but they're actually pulling the guts out of the rat and eating them raw. And it's just like stuff like that that's just super uh, creepy. So, um, in addition to that, I picked up something that uh really haven't seen a whole lot of press about but pdp is a company that makes you know gaming accessories uh they've done some aftermarket rock band stuff controllers you know odds and ends like that they came out with a new light gun system that the guns at least are universal for xbox and ps4 um they're it's a hundred bucks for the starter set which includes a little camera a single gun and then you get one of three games uh there are only three games that support it right now um one is cubits quest which is kind of a family friendly game you shoot these evil robots and protect your robot dog so he doesn't get hurt um but it has a ton of mini games which are are kind of interesting my kids really were having fun with the flappy bird clone mini game for some reason um so that one was was okay uh they also have big buck hunter arcade which for a lot of people is you know one of those definitive arcade games um and you get to play the whole thing kind of at home on your couch uh and finally the one that that i think is probably the best of the offering is a mature rated game called voyage of the dead um zombies have infested your cruise ship and there are uh, multiple characters you can pick from that all have different special weapons. Um, you have different skill trees for each of the characters. You can unlock uh, different abilities like specials. Um, one of the ones I got the other night was um, my character, when he used the shotgun, got a wider blast with more pellets, for example. Um, and so there just seems to be a lot to do in this. And it's you know kind of a fun... You know, you're going through the different parts of the cruise ship and you're trying to save the people who aren't infected from the zombies. Um, as with any good zombie game, headshots are, are always a good idea. Um, so it rewards uh, accuracy. The light gun system is kind of interesting because it uses um, in infrared laser. Uh, each gun has a slightly different frequency. So you can have up to four players... And some of the games, you know, support two. Most of them have at least some modes that support four. But um, you set up a camera that's facing the TV, and so it's picking up the uh, the positioning of the lasers as they hit the TV. So supposedly it works with, you know, any screen technology, including projectors, which is kind of cool. Um, it certainly was a little finicky to get that camera just kind of lined up right. It gives you some tools to help with that, but... Um, I had ended up stacking some old board games up to get it to the right height to see my TV correctly. Um, but once we did that, it, it worked really well. Um, it, it definitely tests your forearm strength, Hop. Uh, <laughs> this might be an exercise for the gym because, man, after holding the gun out straight you know, for, for even 30 minutes, your, your arm's feeling it for sure. Um, ultimately, it's a fun little distraction, but unless you're really into light gun games like me um 
you know, it really needs some of the classics, like House of the Dead or Time Crisis. Dude, Virtua Cop 2. Virtual oh, yeah. Cop, yes. I mean, like... Operation like, I don't, Wolf. Any of those. Like, it just needs something... These these are original games, and I commend them. Well, Big Buck Hunter isn't really, but... These other two are original games, and Big Buck Hunter Arcade hasn't had a light gun, home light gun version before, to my knowledge. Uh, they had one for the Wii for a while, I remember. I, oh, okay. You, you okay. get a special control... Or, configuration for your Wiimote type thing. and Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so this is, you know, I, I'm excited because there's at least an option to play some light gun games, but I really want kind of the, the standards. Um, and you, at this point, you'd have to go back to the PS3 uh, with its camera and uh, the wand controllers to get uh, light gun games. They might um, have some for their PC, uh, or their not with the PC, but with that P- PlayStation with that with their new VR headset set, they might have something that you can use with that because that uses their light controllers that they had for the PS3 as well. There, there, are, there's a first-person shooter for that that has a gun accessory that uses the wand, but as far as I know, none of the light gun games made it over to VR or anything. Unfortunately, that, that could be that could be when you first mentioned this before we were even recording it. Kind of remind me that like how much this uh, technology has improved because they used to have like those TV shows back in the late '80s where you, you could buy actually buy a toy and you can play along with this light gun game. Mmm. Yeah, it was a lot easier with CRTs because the CRT emitted a signal that the light gun could pick up. Yes. And so it was really cheap to do it, whereas this needs, you know, an extra camera and everything else. Yeah, I think the toys were expensive, so it always freaked out parents because they'd have to to buy multiple for multiple kids or something like that. (laughs) Because I know me and my brothers all had one when we watched this. That's funny. But yeah, so I, I was, you know, I was really having fun with it. I like that it's a, got some four-player options. Me and my three boys can play together. Um, I think it's a little bit unfortunate that Voyage of the Dead, which is clearly uh, the, the best game. <laughs> yeah, but it's the best game, but it's M-rated. So, like, I can't, I don't play that with my kids. My wife was kind of complaining because we were playing together and, you know, the zombies are, like, eating people's intestines and it's pretty gory, despite being a very cartoony look. Um, it was pretty pretty gruesome mm. at different points, so definitely not family friendly, unfortunately. But yeah, so that was all of the uh, playlist stuff. Um, Hop, what do we do on Monday nights? Monday night is community game night, mostly on Xbox, because we're mostly on Xbox. Um, we play a myriad of games, mostly either on, currently on Game Pass or Games with Gold. Fireman Batista is currently running game night, and he's been doing a great job of putting together stuff. And uh, sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss. Let me. He just posted a list of the current lineup, just in case anybody wants to know. Uh, the 11th of November, we've got Friday the 13th. The 18th of November is World War Z. November 25th is Titanfall 2. And December 2nd is Destiny 2 because there's custom, custom PvP in there. And December 9th is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Those are also subject to change if members want to voice their uh, opinions on certain things. I definitely love the Titanfall 2 Nights. Those are my, some of my favorites because we don't get to play that game a lot. It kind of died. Hey, we had Battlefield yeah. 5 last night. And it went pretty uh, You guys awesome. did Battlefield 5. That's the military <laughs> game. Battlefront is the Star Wars game. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I was going to mention Star Wars Battlefront, we 
sometimes get together. I played with Anthem just randomly throughout the week, and that—that's what I was gonna say. Was, but but you're right. You're right. Anyways, moving along. Thursday night is uh, Halo night, where we all get together and play either Halo Master Chief Collection or Halo Five, depending on uh, what everybody wants to play that night. Uh, if somebody has a guest, they can't play Halo Five, but. Master Chief, you can have two people per council for those people, and uh, that's usually one of the more popular nights because we get quite a yeah, few people. Yeah, last show. week because it was Halloween, it didn't happen. But yeah, yeah, yeah. holidays are usually like that. Uh, Christmas, if it landed on Christmas, would uh, be the same way. Yeah. All right. Well, we also have a book club at Tag. Uh, our selection for November is the Three Body Problem. By Sixen Lu, I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, an interesting sci-fi book. So if that is, sounds like a something you want to do, we discussed the the book from the previous month in a separate discussion channel. Uh, you can join in the rules room if you're interested. All right, come join us at the Minecraft realm because we can have a good time, build things. Put some blocks in places that you never thought you could put blocks before. So come join us. <laughs> All right. So getting on to our deep dive, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Outer Worlds. Um, this is Obsidian's first game under Microsoft, although uh, it was already the game was already arranged to be published with somebody else. So it is a multi-platform release, but Microsoft has confirmed. Any sequels won't will be Xbox and PC exclusive. Um, sorry, PlayStation. Uh, so, gosh, where to even start with this game? Um, the setting, the world. What did you guys think, uh, Fen? Why don't you start? Uh, if you like Firefly, it really has that vibe to it. Uh, I mean, they really pull a lot of those beats that Firefly presents in the first season, plus uh, what you get in Serenity. Uh, beats this. literally, too, because the soundtrack is very yes. uh, similar to Firefly. Um, so they, they do a really good job with that. I really think that this game is almost like the perfect fan service game. It's as if... The writers sat down and said, all right, how can we write a story that has every single science fiction thing that people are going to love and make it all fit together into this tightly fit puzzle that's not going to last 97,000 hours? And so far, I mean, since I haven't even beaten it yet, and I can't wait to get back into that world and see what happens next because... It, it's perfectly told and you you have the freedom to go and do what you want and it has the right humor it has the right uh way of going about things one of the biggest things i'm really loving so far is you can probably dump all your skill points into your dialogue skills and be a complete pansy in combat but yet somehow manage to survive just fine and also avoid a ton of combat because you can talk your way into or out of things, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, uh, there's actually an article uh, PC Gamer did 
where they one of their writers played through the whole game with only uh, dialogue skills and maxed them out as much as they could just to kind of see. They said there was one one fight that was pretty tough, but otherwise it was... And I've come across a lot of missions where there's so many options that you could go through where you don't have to actually necessarily always engage into a big fight. You can kind of sneak your way into a different doorway or around different things to get to where you want to be and then out again without really causing a ruckus. So, um, I don't know. I mean, the, the guns are pretty cool. They behave pretty differently from each other in terms of their ammo types that are used, but they're, they're not anything out of this world except for the science weapons, but it's, it's cool. I mean, I'm, Obsidian really did a good job with this game, and the greatest thing is they don't have a ton of bugs that have that could be game breaking or wrecking. Um, I can I tell they, you why. Why is that? Because huh? it's not on Bethesda's engine; it's on Unreal Engine. <laughs> That's why there's not all those bugs. But yeah. I'm gonna let you continue. No, I just—I mean, it—it's been great, and I—and the one thing that I've been kind of preaching for the last. Um, this past year with a few different games that have come out that I've really, really loved is the hub world aspect or the mini world aspect instead of having just one giant open map that you can... You mean that one, one also side. causes crashes? That too. Um, I like this idea that you go to one place, you can do a bunch of different things inside of a smaller contained environment and then you can leave that environment, go to a different place, and then, again, still have a small contained environment and run around. And you don't have to worry about traveling three hours to get to your next objective point because you have to travel all the way across the map, all of Red Dead Redemption 2. So, um, again, from somebody that hasn't finished the game yet, so I've heard that the story gets pretty crazy and wild towards the end and has a good kind of has an enjoyable ending to it if you will Um, I'm looking forward to that so as far as I can tell this game is a contender for game of the year it's definitely probably on the top of my list for that same thing what do you guys think about the the you you kind of covered a wide range of of things there, Fen. So, um, Hop, what I do you think about the setting? Um, I fell in love with it right away for the same reason that Fen did. I'm a, a geeky sci-fi nerd, but I also love westerns. I loved Firefly. It just it reeks of 1940s and 50s atomic comic serials. Mm-hmm. Firefly, Serenity, it's got a little Star Wars thrown in there for good measure. It also has that classic Fallout feel, like Fallout 3 and Fallout Vegas, not the not the more recent Fallouts, um, but with, with real-time gunplay action that actually works, uh, an engine that doesn't crash because they're using Unreal Engine, they're not using Todd's engine that's old and needs to be put out to the pasture. It's not open world all the way, so... That also mitigates the overload of the game trying to draw out too much distance or keep track of too many items at one time. Um, the music, like you were saying, that it, that that very Western and space thing that Firefly did, they did it really well in this game too. Um, 
I really loved all the interplay between... The main thing that I loved is that it focused on the game itself being a really good story and making you choose how to live that story like you actually had to role play because you had to i was like okay what am i gonna do here do i play the evil corporate scum guy do i play i kind of i my playthrough i kind of went with the okay i'm gonna be a mix of han solo and captain mal reynolds because that's what this game makes me feel like doing so i'm gonna be the sort of good guy that occasionally shoots or that shoots the bad guys, and maybe occasionally some good people get hurt too just because they were in the way, but not on purpose. <laughs> um, and uh, I liked I liked that. I liked that you could upgrade your weapons. I liked it, and I loved that you could make your character, like, like Fen was saying, if you wanted to go all talk and talk your way through the game, you could. If you wanted to go all science and be like a total hacker, you could. If you wanted to... I kind of did a little mix of... Uh, gunplay melee and hacker and a little toward the end i added some points into dialogue so i could get out of some sticky situations but um yeah and the the game was i played it on the xbox one x it ran great looked gorgeous i couldn't put it down for like a week straight i must i put in 25 hours in that week um my uh, friend of the show kicked he put in he's already put in 80 out 86 hours on two playthroughs Wow. He he really that's he he's, he was really impressed with it. And I I just like that they made a high quality game first and never never asked the player, "Hey, do you want to buy microtransactions? Hey, do you want No, it's a fucking game. You enjoy the game. You're sucked into the game and it makes you want to play it more. I would throw more money at them right now for an expansion because I enjoyed it that much. They don't have to microtrans me for that. I would gladly give them money for an expansion. It was that good. Yeah, I mean, everything you guys have said, I completely agree with. I have a couple nitpicks, but we can yeah, I think we all talk about those. we all probably have a couple nitpicks. Yeah. Um, but I want to uh, hear from you, Dad. What are what are your thoughts about the setting in the game? I loved it. I mean, you, you can go to different, like you said before, you have the different areas, and every different area feels a little different than the last one. So if you go to one planet, it actually doesn't feel like you're on the same planet the the foil the plants are all different the skies a slightly different color uh, i mean the layout of the lands all different it feels like you're actually on a different planet so you're not actually seeing the same scenery over and over again so it kind of changes that up as well as you're going about the and doing different missions and the story is just fantastic i mean it's comedy and you can play like a hop said you can play your own character so I, I basically went pretty much did the same thing. I, I had a character that could uh, talk his way out of everything, but he was also a hacker on top of that, and you could hack his way into anything. And that kind of helped me get through a lot of the stuff. And I, I've already started my second playthrough, but I just barely got into it. And I, I can't wait to get back to it, but there's just a, it, yeah, it's just an outstanding game. It's what Fallout should have been, or Fallout 4 or 5 <laughs> ooh, or 76. Ooh, shots fired. Uh, yeah. Real quick before we... The one thing I forgot to mention, the way they made the companions work in the companion system, to me, made the game feel like the perfect blend of taking a Western RPG storytelling and mixing it with like the Japanese JRPG like kind of party system where you'd have a party of characters and the, you would get to know the characters in the party and they'd have little side quests. You don't see that in a lot of Western RPGs outside of maybe KOTOR was the last game I can think of, Knights of the Republic, that had Mass something. Had and Mass Effect, that's oh, yeah. true. 
but the, the way the companions worked in this game, I felt it, it reminded me of classic 16-bit like Fantasy Star and Final Fantasy. I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I love yeah, the I fact think... that just kind of built the build Ooh. on that. It, as you're running around with your companions, they're actually sit- talking in the background. Oh, yeah, the, they have some BS. hilarious yeah. conversations. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that, that almost makes it even more worthwhile because... Sometimes I would just stop what I was doing to hear what they were saying, and then I'd forget <laughs> what I was doing. Like, what was I doing? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I remember. I think my favorite is when uh, Ellie was in the ship, and like, there's a disturbance up in the lunchroom, and Ellie and Max are at it again, and she's like, "Max, Max, Max," and he, he's just sitting there trying to read, and all of a sudden he looks up at her and he's like, "What?" and he's like, "Oh, never mind," or something. Like that. Uh, yeah, they they definitely uh, pick at each other, and and certain. People have, you know, better relationships than others and um, makes it fun to kind of take different companions with you mm-hmm. just to kind of see what they're going to say or do. Um, I was going to say I came across a moment between Sam and, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the ship's computers. Ada. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know which moments. moment you're talking about. <laughs> I did too. I was, I, I. I was chuckling so hard. Yeah. I think I got a, the stare down from my wife. Like, what? What are you laughing at? Because I, mm. I was, had the headphones on and I just right. didn't contain it any further. I think I've seen that one a few times, and it it doesn't get old. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I really enjoyed was uh, Felix, the young kind of idealist, anti-corporate oh, yeah. kid. Uh, and Sam have some hilarious dialogue where, you know, Felix thinks Sam is so deep and so insightful, and he's just <laughs> reciting marketing slogans right. the whole time. And it's, I actually it's never used Sam all that much as a companion. In oh, a neither did I. Yeah, I didn't oh, use he's him awesome. He His power attack is just awesome. He jumps up, flies in the air, and then comes, you know, screaming down on top of the uh, the target. I might have to use them on my them. second playthrough. Um, yeah. I had a question for you guys since you finished the game. You know, one of the things that has been kind of a gripe for me is just how long games are becoming and and how they seem artificially long. They're They're adding, like, filler quests and things that make it just such a longer experience. And everything I've read about... Outer Worlds is it's been a, a much more tighter narrative focus that has, you know, you could play it for 40 plus hours if you really wanted to, but you could easily mainline the story in less than 10 hours. Yeah, I think Havoc beat the game really quickly, and I'm not sure if he skipped like all the side quests, or maybe he just played it nonstop for like five days straight without doing anything. But, um, I probably did, I did most of the companion quests. There was one companion I never got, and then one companion side quest. I was like, you know what? That I'm not even gonna finish that. That's garbage. And <laughs> and then I did a few side quests and a few faction quests, but I didn't do all the side quests. I was really kind of whatever kind of felt like my character would do. I kind of did. If I felt like I don't really care about that, I didn't do it. Um, and I it, like I said, my save was about 24, 25 hours at the end of the game. Right. And I felt like I felt like it was I felt like if I wanted to do everything in the game, my save would probably be 40, 50 hours if you spent all the time, you know, and that's that was the cool part about it is that you had that option if you wanted to. Well, I, I, I actually I think I did almost all the side quests. I, I didn't have anything in my log when I uh, did the final mission. 
and besides the main quest line, and I pretty much did everything I found along the way. I think there was a little while yeah. where I wasn't pick up new quests, but and I, my game time was still under twenty five hours. So wow, I I was about thirty, and I did every quest except for one, which was a very annoying like quest to do late in the game because you had to have been lugging around certain items the entire game. Yeah, I eventually um, did that one. That one took like a good hour to finish, and it was it just felt. Ew, yeah, was, yeah, I, yeah. I looked at that quest. I was like, yeah, not in, not a chance in hell. <laughs> not doing it. Not doing it. I did all. The, I did every companion quest. I got every companion. I got an achievement for that. Yep. Um, I did all all the side quests I could find, and and you know they were all good to to Fen's point. I think they were. It was pretty tight. Like there was no nothing that felt super filler. Um, certainly, a few of them were kind of like. Yeah. yeah uh, well, yeah. But um, I don't. For me, I my big complaint was I felt like the armor wasn't great in the game. I didn't feel like it was really hard to figure out if I was the armor that the vendor had was better than what I was wearing or than my side characters were wearing. My companions. Um, I didn't feel like some of the the armor had a lot of unique character other than color. Um, so I would have. Like I would like for them to have maybe a little better inventory or, or item compare function. But. I, yeah, there's certain things in that I would agree with that. I think there should have been a little bit more. It seemed like the armor was either super bulky or not at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was um, like clothes or or you're a really tank. right. Yeah, they <laughs> didn't have like a medium armor really, or it was it wasn't. It didn't yeah, come up very often. It didn't look distinctive. Yeah. My big complaint with the menu system is whenever I pulled up the menu, I wish it would go to the map tab first because half the time I was like, am I going the right way? Where am I going? Where is mm -hmm. this at? And half the time it was go to your character and you have to tab over. Um, you can, if you hold the button, it'll go to the map. If you hold it down for like two seconds and then release it, it'll go right to the map yeah. every time. Yeah. I found the map sometimes took like a few seconds to load up and... That too. That yeah. That too. that was annoying. Um, I did run into a late game bug, which drove me kind of up the wall. But uh, it was some weird interaction with the save load system and the Xbox Sync for save games, where the game kept causing Xbox Live to sync my saves over and over and over hmm. every couple seconds, and I couldn't get past it. I ultimately had to backtrack through the entire final level to go back to my ship to change my, my respec my character so I could beat the final uh, boss. Yeah, I had a And one that was really tedious. Where there, there's where every time I went to a certain area where a cutscene was supposed to happen in that final mission, it, my game actually just crashed. Yeah, and I that is a known That bug. happened to me yeah. four or five times until I found something online how to get around it, and then mm -hmm. it was smooth sailing from that point on but th that said like those are pretty i mean obviously the one you ran into is pretty common but easily fixed hopefully and the one i ran into was some weird interaction with with game game sync um so other than that though i mean the game ran great yeah I I, one or two other crashes maybe i didn't have a single crash i mean i noticed instances where um there was a little bit of choppiness where we got a frame drop. I mean, the game was trying to run on the one X. It's trying. I watched a digital foundry video. It's trying to run a constant 4K at 30 frames, and it drops. Mm. It scales down sometimes as low as 1500p, and even with some mm. frame drops. But as for as much detail, 
is in that game between the the creatures, the characters, the interactions, and the environment, mm-hmm. and all the stats. I'm not gonna get too upset about that. And it was a, oh, and it looks a, gorgeous, right? It's an RPG. Yeah. It's not. It's not like I needed it to run at 60 frames to be. It's not a. It's not a shooter. Um, yeah, it looked speaking, beautiful. Speaking of the way it looks, like I read this article. Now, Finn, uh, Hop, you mentioned that you played some melee. I went solely ranged combat. Uh, how was the melee? How did the it feel? melee was awesome and actually super powerful. Like you spec, you could if you sneaked, you could one hit kill like almost anything in the game, except for some of the giant creatures. Definitely, uh, and certain melee weapons worked better than others. Once I got the uh, plasma cutter. I just basically mm. cut everybody like I was Elric. I pretended I had Stormbringer, <laughs> and I was just like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, but I did use guns, too. I mean, it depended on the combat situation. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys go and find all of the mega monsters? That was kind of an un unofficial quest in the game. Uh, I, I found I've, a few. I've only found two. Yeah. Yeah, There's like one on each planet, at least, uh, that you can kill, I believe. I know. Well, one of them I was the on Mega Manta Queen. Right. That was on Nyoka's. Wait, was it? Yeah, that was on our quest, and I think a few, yeah, yeah it's on one Monarch. or two other ones that were along. Yeah. Like a. a and then there was area. one of those giant gorilla things on, on Monarch, I think. Hmm. But um, let's see what other no, that was other Stellaris uh, or something like that. I think. Um, was it the moon planet? Yeah, Maybe that was the mind. giant, the giant monkey okay. looking one. But um, I thought, like you said, Dad, that the planets, uh, the variety in them was really mm-hmm. good. They all felt pretty distinct. Um, they, the settlements were really unique too. Like they had different architecture, they had different styles. Um, did you guys play with the science weapons much? I tried a few, but I didn't have a lot of. I didn't. Um, I didn't have the points to give them that bonus, so I didn't. Mm. I didn't use them a lot. I tried a few, and they didn't do much more than I was already getting with my other stuff. And I was like, eh. Yeah, I tried them. Fen, did you? Did you do much with the science guns yet? I've only found one, and it's the mandible. Oh, we Ranger. lost Fen. Um, so what about you, Dad? I kind of played with them later later in the game. I, I once I got all the perks in for the science upgrades, and I didn't find them all that great. I mean, they, they looked cool. I spent a ton of money just getting them upgraded so they were useful, but mm-hmm. uh, they weren't outstanding. There was I, I felt like there was better weapons in the game that uh, kind of worked at least. I, I don't know. But in certain situations, they would work. I, I mean, I fought one of the last boss fights using just gave all my characters science guns and just. It took forever, but it worked. It was kind of comical at some points, though. But especially yeah, when well, I almost Ray and he starts attacking his allies. Mm-hmm. You one thing that could help is you could give them to your companions. Yeah. So you could have one of your guys just stand there with the mind control ray and and zap people, which I think uh, was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I gave one guy the mind control, another guy the shrink ray. So this tiny guy was attacking his teammates. <laughs> Somebody who is it? Uh, Duke was saying. I think he gave one of his companions a shrink ray, and the other one one of the other science guns, and they were constantly one would shrink things, and one was just constantly melting them. I was like, yeah. "Oh, that was genius!" 
Yeah, I, I, he said that. And I go, I gotta try that. So I yeah. Oh yeah, you were there that I gave night my too. Companions, yeah. uh, I did the same thing. I, I think the mind control gun, and then the then I was using the goop gun and making guys fly away, but it just became too much, so I had to start shooting with a normal gun. Oh wow. The only science weapon I found crazy. is the mandible rearranger, and I was listening to the developers talk about it, and they, that was actually a bug that they just kept in the game, where every time that person used that weapon, he would hit somebody's face and it would rearrange the properties on their face by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's pretty awesome. Three or four. Yeah, of that's them. one of the few guns I didn't actually use, or one of the few science guns I didn't try, or weapons I didn't try. Yeah, I think there's five in the game total. The goop gun, the mandible rearranger, there's a polychromatic bat, which does a different uh, weapon effect every time you hit somebody with it. The shrink ray and the mind control. Those are well, the I different thought the, ones. Yeah, I used that. To, it was like a giant hammer, actually. And uh, Yeah. It, it actually, I think it had pr pretty good, if you had a group of guys all together, it worked pretty good for that or for knocking them all back. But beyond that, I think that's one I had on my character for most of the game. I actually, by the end of the game, was lugging a uh, high-end sniper rifle and took some of the headshot perks with um, and all of the upgrades to your, your slow time ability. Mm -hmm. um, and you could, like, cripple guys by, yeah. you know, picking off limbs and stuff like that. Yep. I kept yeah. forgetting about that slow time thing, so I don't think I even used it for the last half of the game. I would just shoot him with a plasma rifle and melt him in a, in a pile of goo. <laughs> <laughs> Fen, what Which about you, man? Have you? Oh, nice, nice. There is an achievement for shooting people in the balls thirty times with the uh, slow time. Are you serious? Mode on, yeah. It's still a rare achievement. Normal gun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got to go back and get that that's one. That'll hilarious. be that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I got the one for uh, melting a hundred guys, and that was pretty <laughs> hilarious in itself. Yeah, that is a good one, Fen. Uh, well. Uh, what what have you been doing for combat? How have you been playing through? Uh, I've been doing a lot of ranged weapons. Uh, I've recently discovered the plasma rifle and its perks and enjoyment. It's a lot of fun. But I've been doing kind of the same thing. I have a, a sniper rifle that I use to do engagement with with the time dilation. And then I when people get close, it's plasma rifle or assault or the ultra assault rifle that I just found and mm. with a, a shock attachment to it. So um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, the gunplay is nice. I, I think it, it's pretty unique to each other. I do have a, uh, a rare weapon, rare melee weapon that I use as just to carry around and whack things with every now and then. So I don't use all my ammo. So I found nice. By the end of it. You seem to have way too much ammo. I mean, I think mm -hmm. he's carrying around a few thousand rounds, and they don't weigh anything, so it, it, no point of dropping them in your ship or anything else like that or something. Yeah, I mean, it's just I like to save ammo, just in case. Well, if like, you if you if you're stealing along the way, you can easily rack up. I think I ended the game with five thousand rounds of uh, the light ammo because I never used light guns. Yeah, I don't even know what I had for that, but I probably had about the same, and I probably had another 1,000 on my ship because I dropped half of them off at one point. The one mm. gun I'm disappointed in is the shotgun. Like, it just hasn't... Which felt. one did you get? There's The sawed-off shotgun was garbage. Yeah, later that's on, terrible. I've yeah, later tried on, the tactical. Yeah, that one was slightly better, but it uses um, light ammo as an eight-round eight burst. Yeah, 
There was another one. I have a rare one right now. I can't remember what it's called. I want to say it's the Anarchist Cookbook, maybe. I don't know. <sighs> but it it's... I'm just not too fond of the shotguns uh, at this moment. But now the, the assault rifle, once I picked that up for the first time, it definitely changed how the game played because I was kind of struggling yeah, with a lot it of things. Yeah, it eats uh, ammo pretty quick, though. Yeah. But... Uh, one of the things, uh, I've been having some technical issues earlier and I wanted to jump back into this. You guys are talking about how gorgeous the game looks and how, uh, different each of the environments feel from each other based on its looks. There was, there's a interesting article out there. Uh, and I think I got it off IGN originally, but it talks about how outer worlds doesn't have a colorblind mode because the game was built with colorblindness in mind. So... Hmm. Like, I thought it was really cool. I went and looked. Yeah, you can't. There's no switch like every other game seems to have to turn it on. They've, from the ground up, decided that they were going to make this game friendly to those people who have who are affected by colorblindness. How much so, you want to bet? Like some, one or more of the developers have a colorblind issue. Um, I think be. the I think the one of the top guys in Obsidian apparently has that like the colorblindness where he's pretty much monochromatic in his vision. So. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's one of the reasons why they, they did that. So I thought that was kind of a cool little thing to think about how gorgeous this game is, but how they've kind of built it, built into it, the colorblind mode already. So people who are affected by it don't have to go and adjust settings or change things off the bat right away. So, well, let's let's uh, maybe go around the the group one more time and give kind of our final thoughts because we're we're uh, running over on time a little bit. <laughs> so, Hop, how about you, man? What what are your your final thoughts on the Outer Worlds? Uh, I mean, if you want a really high quality game that has a great story. If you like to explore other planets, you like science fiction, you like making your own choices, you like to play a game that looks really good, runs really good, and doesn't ask you for a bunch of extra stuff, it just asks you to put your heart and soul into playing the game, Outer Worlds is your game. I mean, honestly, it's it was really refreshing to play a game that didn't have any any kind of micro trends or any options or any selling or anything it's the second only the second game this year that i've played that's been really like that well not second but recently there's been um a couple and this one was i was really impressed with that and i was really impressed with the uh storytelling and the focus on the gameplay as the main element and not trying to uh, could they have done better graphics yes could they have done you know some other things yes but they focus solely on telling a really good story um with good graphics and good gameplay and and fun characters really interesting characters so it's definitely a, a must play if you have game pass it's a no-brainer install it yes try yeah. it if you don't like it fine but if you have game pass you have no reason not to play it um, if you don't have yeah, Game bro. Pass, if you see it on sale, grab it. You will not regret it. It's a great game. Well, and with the one-month trials of Game Pass, you know you could get that it too. for, yeah, for cheap and, and play. So, or just go buy a one-month um, card at yeah, Target. Yeah, absolutely. So what about you, Dad? Dad, what about you, man? 
I, I thought it was great. It's like everything Hop said, it was an outstanding game. It's, I, I mean, there w wouldn't be anything I'd change. And since it's free on Game Pass, I, there's no reason not to play it. Well, especially since I have Game Pass. Uh, I mean, I loved everything about it. It had me laughing at moments. It's not the best choice. It's the spacer's <laughs> choice. Spacers. <laughs> not with 30% less chance to backfire or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Even in the yep. first few minutes of the game, it's like, why would they have a gun that has a 30%? Why is that good? And it's like, <laughs> yes, nailed it. <laughs> right. I, You know, for me, the humor is there from the beginning. Um, your ship, you know, land, or your, your escape pod lands on your rescuer. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it just, clearly they were, they were setting out to have some fun. It's a little silly. It's a little absurd. Um, it's certainly, you know, I, I feel like... Th the corporate guys are the bad guys, you know, the, there, there's not a lot of ambiguity there. Um, but it's a game that, that just is, is letting itself have fun and letting it be a little bit silly and a little bit irreverent at times. And, uh, you know, I, for me, it was just a breath of fresh air to play a game that didn't take itself super seriously. It wasn't super moody and dark and, and gloomy. It was just, you know, fun um, and it gives you, but it, yet it still managed to get your, you know, get its hooks in you. You still have some tough choices. Uh, I agonized over one of the early, you know, major choices, uh, where to send some power. And yeah. Like, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. You know, like, wow, well, gee, well, God, you know, like, what, what do I do? And here? that sets you up for the whole game. Cause there's probably like five or six of those decisions in the mm -hmm. game that you have to hem and haw and like, do I do that? Is that what I'm going to do? Would I do, do I that? Right. <laughs> I, I will say that there is a path through those that is right. the optimum path. Kicked, kicked, gave me the whole lowdown because he figured it out and told me, yeah, told me certain yeah. ones. He's like, you can do this and you can do that and this all works. I was like, really? You figured mm -hmm. that out? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of them where I figured that out where if you, you did this, this, and this, it takes a lot longer to do it that way, but it's... You get a better end. end yeah, and he end. told me he's yeah. like, if you get this and this together, all of a sudden these people come to the end and help you. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I had it like yeah, every, I didn't. Every so often there's like people coming to help you. It's like every area, and like, where are these people coming from? So I, I think I got one huh. of the better endings. And <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I fought at all uh, during the final battle until the the last boss. Because all of my friends were doing all the fighting, and I had the cloaking device going, so no, I looked like one of the guards, and I just walked through the whole level. So that was kind of fun. Um, all right, so Fenrir, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dad. Yeah, I think I just had one area where I actually went back to help him. It's like, but the rest of it, I, it was pretty much the same way. Just walked through and just ignore everybody and let my allies do all the work for me. Yeah, they they were busy. I I didn't uh, feel the need to chip in. <laughs> Uh, when they first came out, so I was like, what the hell's going on? Where are these people coming from? Who are these people? Right. So, Fenrir, man, uh, what about you? Any last thoughts on The Outer World? I know you haven't finished, but... I was going to say, I think you guys just forgot I haven't finished the game yet, so... We didn't spoil anything. At the end. We didn't spoil anything. <laughs> um, oh, not a thing. So, this is, this is my thought on it. Obsidian was an independent studio up until recently when Microsoft purchased them. So Outer Worlds was already being published by Private Division, so it was going to be a multi-platform game from the get-go. 
what this has done has created a buzz and excitement for me and I know I'm sure many other people that Obsidian is going to do some great things under the Microsoft umbrella. They were always a really good developer. They were just no, true. marred by poor tech and being rushed. Being rushed, yeah. Or not given second chances or third chances on things that they've done high quality things for. So, but I my point still stands. I think that Obsidian is now hopefully going to be able to just go and do whatever and from what all the reports I've read from these studios that have gone under Microsoft recently, they, they've been pretty much given a free pass. Just go and build the game you want to build and just give it to us for Xbox or PC or whatever that they decide to do. Right. Well, so, they're, they're looking to drum up some exclusives to lure, no, lure people into their Windows and or Xbox camp. And that's what you do. You buy good developers. Mm-hmm. And Obsidian could be Microsoft's Naughty Dog, if you will. You know, well, they don't need that badly. And, yeah, well, not but, badly, but but either way, I just think it's that's my final thought. Is based on what's coming out of this game, whether we get an Outer Worlds two or not. Uh, oh, we're getting one, I think. <laughs> yeah, and and well, I, I I just think it's kind of exciting, and it gives me more. Uh, hope for the next round of exclusives that are coming from for Microsoft in the future. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up. So, Dead, where can people find you? My name. You can find me. Uh, are you dead on uh, the Discord server and Xbox and uh, pretty much just about everywhere else, I guess. All right, Hop. Uh, you can find me at our adultgamer.com Discord, uh, Optimus, Xbox Live, Optimus Maximus with a one in the Maximus. What about you, Finn? Finner765, Discord and Xbox. Hit me up. All right, and I am Mellified. You can find me on our Discord as Mellified, or all my gamer tags are on mellified.com. Pleasure as always, gentlemen. Thank you so much, Dad. Uh, we always Thanks enjoy having me. you. Yeah, absolutely. Until next time, everybody. We gotta end with some like sci-fi outro western music, like